When the wife of the president utters the words, greatest courage, I listen very closely. Hey, welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. Apologies for the long delay between podcasts. We have been between houses and then on sabbatical and then on the road and now finally back and forming a sabbatical rhythm as to my walking and reading. Now, I love presidential biography, and of all the presidents, Lyndon Baines Johnson fascinates me more than most. Why? Well, he's an enigma. Johnson aide Bob Hardesty said about Lyndon Johnson, Allowing for shades of subtlety, there were as many LBJs as there were people who knew him. Each individual had a unique perspective on him, and as often as not, these perspectives were contradictory. John Connolly, former governor of Texas and secretary of the Treasury and longtime LBJ friend, said, There is no adjective in the dictionary to describe Johnson. He was cruel and kind, generous and greedy, sensitive and insensitive, crafty and naive, ruthless and thoughtful, simple in many ways, and yet extremely complex, caring and totally not caring. He could overwhelm people with kindness and then run around and be cruel and petty toward those same people. Now, I think about all that, and as I'm doing that, I'm saying to myself, there's a little bit of LBJ, or a lot of LBJ, in all of us, isn't there? So when Kyle Longley, distinguished professor of history and political science at Arizona State University, published LBJ's 1968, I had to pick it up. Longley's book is different from most in that he focuses on just one year, 1968, and the recurring challenges LBJ faced, among them the decision whether or not to seek re-election, the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy, the challenges surrounding the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, LBJ's failed attempt to nominate his friend Abe Fortas as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, international tensions with Korea and Russia, and always the escalating war in Vietnam as well as his unpopularity at home in light of it. Now, one of Johnson's big challenges in 68, one that added to his obvious fatigue, was the Tet Offensive, January to March 1968. The massive North Vietnamese attacks on more than 100 cities and outposts in South Vietnam. Now, the Tet Offensive wasn't a military victory for the NVA, the North Vietnamese Army. It was, however, a major coup on the publicity front, and it put LBJ and his team on their heels. And we have to, I think, in some small way, put ourselves in his shoes to appreciate what you're going to hear from Ladybird. His approval ratings were dropping. There was infighting in his administration over the war. Congress was split between the hawks and the doves, but even hawkish members were having their doubts. Johnson was taking a beating in the press. Outside the White House, you could hear the chants, Hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? Chuck Robb, newly married to Johnson's daughter Linda, was preparing to ship out to Vietnam, and Linda had her own concerns. For a long time, Johnson had been telling the country that things were going well in the Vietnam War, and now the country was simply not buying it. 
Listen to what Longley says about the toll this took on the president and his family. And then I want you to catch the words of Ladybird. Always an astute observer, her insights are absolutely essential for every leader. Listen to this. Despite the negativity in Congress and the White House, some polls showed the American people initially rallying around LBJ. Gallup and Harris polls displayed a five-point increase for those calling for tougher military efforts to end the war. 53% even favored intensifying military operations for an all-out crash effort in the hope of winning the war quickly, even at the risk of China or Russia entering the war. Yet LBJ instinctively knew any support remained tenuous. He watched his approval ratings for handling of the war slide from 39% in January 1968 to 32% a month later. The decline escalated, reaching 26% by late March. The Hawks wanted more, while the Doves sought withdrawal. It was a no-win situation. The constant criticism and the stress of the war took a heavy toll on Johnson and his family. Lady Bird admitted on February 7th that, These nights I am not sleeping much, and I dream, sometimes nightmares, sometimes just a long, long dream in which I'm lost and going from room to room and can't find my way. She added, But poor Lyndon, he turns out his light so late and he wakes up so early. Sometimes I think the greatest courage is just to get up in the morning and start tackling the job again. Oh, I so agree with Lady Bird Johnson. On many days, the greatest courage is just to get up in the morning and start tackling the job again. And that's my aha moment. Courage is getting up and getting after it, especially when it's just hard. I find it interesting that Paul, early leader in the church, exhibits and exhorts some nine times for this kind of courage. He uses the word steadfastness, like he does in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Quitting? Well, that's convenient. Continuing, now that's courageous. So where are you tempted to throw in the towel? Don't do it. Heed the words of Lady Bird. The greatest courage is just to get up in the morning and start tackling the job again. And that's my thought on my walk through Lyndon Johnson's 1968. And the question I have to ask you is this. What will you do with that thought? on your walk through life today.